Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast, Kurt. We we have had some big guests this year. We've had we've had Scott Docterman. We'll have Brett Ciancia on soon. Can't wait. Can't Always, wait. Speaking of Brett Ciancia, go ahead, but I, I have something to say about him. We'll get to that after this. Okay. And then and then Braden Gall we had on, which was big. Yep. National. National. Guy, right. National. Yep. Big deal. Personality show. Yep. Athletic. People that represent the athletic pick six. Previews, Heisman voter. Heisman, Heisman voter. Yeah. Big deal. Biggest deal. Biggest this is, guests this we've is, ever had on the podcast. This is huge. Get ready, listeners. Get ready for this. My parents, Grandma and Grandpa Greek, come on up. Come on up to the microphone real quick. All right. All right. Mom, say hi. Hi. That's your real voice that right there. That is my real voice. She was born with the pipes of Kathleen Turner. It, it did not come by way of smoking cigarettes. Never smoked a cigarette no, in your life, right? Never smoked. Okay. Dad, say hi. Hello, there, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> there we go. Get the radio voice going. I guess why not go? Yeah. yeah. All right. So what? I guess the question I want to ask you guys is: uh, Do you feel guilty in any way of birthing and creating the environment of me obsessing over college football and Big Ten football as much as you? It did? was all your mother. <laughs> no, we enjoy the podcast. Yeah. Yes. We would not. Miss it. Okay. So you guys want to just come by and say hi, but you want to take off because as mom said, I don't want to sit down here and listen to the podcast because then I wouldn't be able to listen to the podcast. That's right. Aww. And I have grandsons to play with. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thanks very much, okay. guys. All right. Say, yeah. say, say hi to all our listeners. Hello, hi. everybody. How yeah. you doing? All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> huh? What? You never know who's going to stop by the downstairs athletic club. I mean, it's always a surprise, right? <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. You know what I'm you know what I'm doing right now? What's that? I'm waiting for your parents to make an exit so I can make a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt. The, even 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 though you're old enough and you're de- definitely your old man, you're going to wait well, till the older generations out to say something naughty. No, it's not naughty. Okay. It's at their expense. Okay. I was going to say, there go the ancient Greeks. <laughs> They're going to love that. They're going to love that. <laughs> so I want to oh, rewind God. back to, you had mentioned Brett Ciancia pick six previews. I just wanted to point out that this is the first year that Brett has printed a physical magazine as opposed to just selling it as a PDF file. I went ahead and I bought it because I normally print it out anyway and bind it and do all that kind of stuff so I can keep it in one nice little location on my my coffee table as I'm watching games. This thing, the printed version is fantastic. That it, thing is insane. It is. It's glossy. It's color. It's beautiful. I, I recommend this to anybody next year who did the PDF. Now, I'm kind of a junkie, so I did both. But the, the printed version is fantastic. So I'm going to leave it here, actually, on the on the table of the Downstairs Athletic Club as like a souvenir. Like a centerpiece, really. A centerpiece. There you go. I like it. Yeah. Good job, Brett. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. We I know we just started communicating again. For real, to get you on the podcast, we'll get you on ASAP. Um, all right, so we go ahead and jump in so we can 
maybe have a timely podcast, still deep and thorough, but you know, we've we've gone we've gone lengthy, but that's we're thorough we're thorough people and that's what we do. Let's get it started. All right, four teams. So we're gonna do Nebraska, Penn State, Purdue, Rutgers. So first up, the 2022 Nebraska Cornhuskers, thanks to Jim in Minnesota. A thorough breakdown. I I would expect nothing less. How many pages? How many? I, how I was many, still many, able to get it. How many chapters, should I say? We were deep into the chapter. Uh, he is a deep thinker, uh, brought a lot to the table. And, and I'll just do a precursor of that. I can't bring all of the info and positive vibes to the table that have been beamed into my head by Nebraska fans, but we'll do our best. All right, so last five years... 19 and 37 that's 34 percent winning percentage 12th in the big 10 last year three and nine scott frost is going into his fifth year on the job what do we think about the current state of the nebraska Cornhuskers? you know it's a great question because they're obviously at a crossroads here but hasn't it felt like that for about three years now yes and well, but, sorry, but, it was tough year in 2018 but it was his first year and and since okay. then, it's always been like, well, now this and now that. Right. But I, th- I feel like this is the crossroads of the crossroads. Let's be honest. Scott Frost era has not been very good. This is probably his last chance to make it right. Uh, do we agree with that? Uh, we agree with that. And I think one of, that re- one of the reasons there is Trev Alberts got a new AD, not his hire. He's going to be scrutinizing this thing. There's no doubt. And... So because of that, I feel like the bar is maybe slightly higher this year than it would be otherwise. Yes. I'm interested where you're going to go. Keep going because I... Well, I mean, okay, let's say if if, uh, Bill Moose, if his his metric of Scott Frost staying around is a bowl game, six wins, and doesn't matter if you win the bowl game or not, just get to a bowl game, I feel like the the metric is going to be just slightly higher, whether it be get to a bowl game, win the bowl game, or get seven regular season wins, or eight, I don't know, but I think it's slightly higher than it would have otherwise been. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so I'm going to share my uh, views on it, but I thought I was going to be alone in this, but I'm not. Shout out to at Nebraska NEB Hype Man, who is a part of the Church of the Corn podcast, which I've been a guest on. Great podcast for Nebraska people to check out. Okay, I think the bar is set at a minimum of eight and four. Do you really? I don't, I don't know that I believe that. Okay. So this is going to get into my bold and strong, uh, predictions or thoughts that I have on the current state of Nebraska. I always do this with a disclaimer. I think Kurt will probably roll his eyes here pretty quick, but everybody knows I'm an Iowa fan, uh, in DMS and out on Twitter. I I've gotten accused of being a little too harsh because of this. Um, I f- try as best as I can to look at the situ- the situation and especially the 2022 version of Nebraska as Switzerland as I can. I personally believe I do a pretty good job, but obviously nobody's perfect. Okay. With that being said, I think Trev Alberts is the man. Trev Alberts is as good of an AD hire as you're a fan. Could- you're a fan of Trev gigantic Alberts. fan. Okay. Of travel. So would he you is. say step up from Bill Moose? <laughs> like like a gigantic step up. The step up from Sean Eichhorst, you 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 don't have enough Grand Canyons to to span to, okay. to have like 
So this is my way of saying I think Trev Alberts is incredible and will get them on the right path. I also believe Trev Alberts is not a big fan of Scott Frost. I I believe you when you say it's, it. Well, okay. It's believable. It is believable. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. I don't know this. Right. You, you don't know this. I don't even think anybody, you know, for, for Nebraska fans would know. So I think basically it's, you know, uh, uh, Trev got the job months before the football season started last year. About the about the time we're recording this, not not much different. To fire your coach, you know, when they were sitting on a three and seven season or whatever it, it was at the time. Um, point being, he got the job in the off season. I think he was willing to give it a go to see if they could get to a bowl game. It was apparent. It was it was mathematically impossible for them to get to a bowl. That's when the firings on the offensive side of the ball happen. I don't know exactly how it went down between Trev and Scott, but there was some come to Jesus type of conversations there. You can't expect Trev Alberts to fire a coach that early in the, his tenure no. as an AD. He's got other things. Now that he's had a year to look over things, it is my opinion because he's it's been very uh, smoke and mirrors on what the that bar is that Scott Frost has to hit to keep his job. Many people think it's make it to a bowl game. I definitely think it's more than that. I don't think I'm crazy to say that I think he expects Scott Frost to get to Indianapolis to keep his job boy, or something very close to that, which would be like Nebraska hype man said, like a eight and four record that mm. you feel good about how the team looks by the end of the year. Interesting. Well, okay. well, speaking of not looking good, I just, this doesn't really fit anywhere specifically into our breakdown. So I'm just going to throw something out there, a little nugget from pick six previews. Did you know that no team has turned the ball over more since Bill Callahan started it as coach at Nebraska? So he's going back to Bill eight, Callahan. 18 years, the last 18 years, no team in Power Five, I believe he limits it to Power Five, has turned the ball over more than Nebraska. That's crazy. And I think he went a step deeper. Last year was bad, and the 2015 year specifically, which were two potentially pretty good teams. And, you know, and I think 2015 was a five and seven team. Uh, there's a, there was a pretty good coach for Nebraska during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and 80s and 90s. And I think he. I would love to know his honest thoughts on it as far as when he tunes in to watch a Nebraska game over the last 18 years. Oh, gosh. If he could the get... penalties, because I think yeah. that's part of it, too, the penalties sure. and the turnovers. I mean, that's that's a because the talent has been there, and and that is the big thing that needs to be fixed. There does seem to be some conversations that are happening right now with the new offensive coordinator, as good a time as any to bring up the fact that Mark Whipple – is the new OC in town. Chenander, still the defensive coordinator. Mark Whipple of Pitt fame. Uh, he was at Pitt the last three years under a boss that maybe he didn't like working for him that much. Uh, I, I think both his former boss and Mark Whipple, pretty headstrong individuals, I think. I can't believe they, they made it three years, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know much about Mark Whipple's personality, but I do know that, Pat Narduzzi is, is, is well known as someone is, that it's not fun to work for. <laughs> He's a crazy person. He so is. you got to give Whipple credit for sticking it out three years. 
And on that third year, they obviously had wild success last year. We'll get into that a little bit more. Point I'm trying to make is Mark Whipple just recently made comments about how being loose with the football in the red zone is not what they're looking for. We have a good kicker. We need to take available points when they're there. That is different. That's a different message. Different philosophy, right, than, than what Scott Frost has been preaching. But, but that, maybe he needs that. Maybe Scott Frost needs that. So it, then it gets into the conversation. It's probably a voice of reason, especially in the Big Ten West. I mean, that's, you don't, you're not, it's it's usually not a 38 to 35 game in the West. Right? Yeah. Okay, so you 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 went right to the same part that I was going to get to, which is, okay, I a collective eye roll from Nebraska fans. But when Scott Frost came in and said, you know, everybody's going to have to adjust to us. I know this is old stuff. This is the finalization of the fact that that philosophy that he had when he came in did not work. It's not going to work. Trev Alberts knew it wasn't going to work. I would love to know on where his position was in the new coaches and the philosophy and whatnot. But if we, there, one of the main reasons that I think Nebraska could have success this year is the fact that a lot of the things I'm hearing are somewhat opposite from what we've heard the last three or four years taking care of the football, sure. leaning on running the on running the ball a little bit more because I know that's crazy because it's Whipple as an OC, but I think that's what we're going to see. And then the hiring of a special teams coordinator to a certain section of the Nebraska fan base, it is music through the ears. So if there is a positive side of stuff, that's where I think it's at. By the way, I saw the, the breakdown of run versus pass of Whipple last year at Pitt. It was not nearly what you would think it was based on Narduzzi's comments about how he refuses to ever run the ball. It wasn't, it wasn't crazy at all. It was sure a little, a little skewed towards the passing side, but it wasn't ridiculous by any means. I mean, Narduzzi's straight crazy. He's, he's a crazy. If there's any Penn state fans listening, yeah. it's the next, it's the next uh, team we're doing. <laughs> they could nod their head in agreement as well. So, 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 uh, so should we start with the offense? Let's start or, with the yeah. offense. And, and what I really want to know, and then this is kind of, I believe what, what, this whole season rides on and what maybe Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska rides on is cool whip is, I mean, is he really, is he the real thing or is he a cheap imitation? And did you see what I just did there? It's pretty good. Okay. Cause there are, you can go to your local grocer and there's a, a different version of cool whip. Okay. But cool whip itself is a cheap imitation. Yeah, it is. So, I don't know. We don't, we don't, we don't know. And so he was the, he you was the, deeper, you were deeper than I thought you were there. I went on many levels there, but he was the darling of the college football world really in a way last year from what he did at Pitt. And believe me, Nebraska fans should be happy to get him, but we don't know. This is a change of scenery. He had one great year. We don't know yet. I, I there is reasons sometimes, oftentimes, let me, let me correct myself. Oftentimes, Two things can be true at once. There is definite reason why Nebraska fans can look at this and be excited. There's definite reasons why rival fan bases can look at this and be skeptical in that Mark Whipple at Pitt was in, he was at Pitt in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, His quarterback was pedestrian in 2019 and 2020. The offense by and large was it exploded the last year me thinks it's because it was the third year in the offense for his quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And then a all world wide receiver that made the whole thing go. The 
passing game set up the rushing attack. So I think that's what you're getting at. How is that going to mix together on what this will look like with the Nebraska personnel? I mean, four straight years losing seasons. This is, again, one of the more intriguing football teams in the entire Big Ten. I don't know how you can deny it. It, it seems every year we say that, though. But it's it's true. It's not We're not saying because... So, okay, quarterback, we'll, we'll start. Let, let's just give a shout-out to, to Adrian Martinez. It's a big loss. A way, I mean, that, that was the face of the program, and now I'm going to be horrible because it was time to move on. Adrian Martinez goes on to Kansas I think, State. I think everyone can agree with that. Right? I think Adrian From, Martinez and his family, Nebraska fan, Scott Frost. I think inside the program, outside the program, fan, non-fan, I think that was kind of evident to everybody. It was time to go. Yeah. Um, wish him luck at Kansas State. Cannot wait to watch him at Kansas State, Agreed. I'd like to add. Now comes the Juco train which is mostly, I mean, it's all it's all over the place, but I, I feel like on offense, it's the biggest uh, thing to talk about. Well, more than Juco, just transfer. Ju- I, I don't know why I said okay. Juco. Transfer is my bad. Thanks for the correction. And what we're getting at is quarterback Casey Thompson over from Texas. Um, this is Whipple, Coon Whip, was very adamant that this was their starting quarterback. Scott Frost said, hold on. We still got a rest of the spring and summer and fall to yeah. get through. That's that's well, and, a- and Chubby Hubby, he's talking a big game too. Like, hey, I'm not giving this thing up. I'm competing to win the job. And a little bit interesting comment when he said, you know, I just hope it's a fair competition so I can look at that. And Logan Smothers, by the way, is still on the the uh, um, roster as well. But it seems like it's Casey Thompson's job to lose. He had kind of a thumb thing. I think it's assumed that it's going to be okay. Obviously, the quarterback is always going to play into the success of a team. It's as big as a reason for Nebraska as it is for any team in the Big Ten. Obviously impossible to do this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Where would you put him in the West in terms of quarterback rankings? Third. Third. I, I have now. So AOC, number, number one. one. Um, who who are you putting to? I... Tara Morgan has oh, Tanner, shown okay. me okay. that he can do it in the Big Ten West, and also teaming up with his new offensive coordinator or his, or his former good offensive point. coordinator. So I've already seen it happen in the West with Tanner. That is the tiebreaker to me. Yeah, but I would put I Casey can see Thompson that. number three. I'm tempted to put him two, but I could see three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue hard either way, second mm. or third. But that is a big part of the deal. We move on to the running backs. <laughs> Dude, I swear, there is more scholarship running backs that uh, names that you know with Nebraska than like the next two or three Big Ten West teams. Well, so the way I look at their running back room is it's more deep than it is good. It's good. I'm not saying it's not good, but it's not fantastic. But they can go for days, right? So they can be like Minnesota last year, drop, guys dropping, and someone's going to step in and be fine, I think. Totally agree. Um, there are guys that get excited about I. I don't find myself getting quite as excited about the running backs as Nebraska fans. I think you nailed it perfectly. In my mind, I I don't I don't trust Jaquez, Yaquez, Yant. He doesn't seem to be there. In a year where Scott Frost needs to depend on people, he does not seem to be a dependable person. I really love Ramir Johnson as a third down back. Mm-hmm. So in the, you know, pair and a spare thing, he's the spare 
but but a more often used spare. Okay, so you're saying Anthony Grant, the JUCO, and Gabe Irvin are your one and two, and then one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I and I do think Anthony Grant will be very good. I think Gabe Irvin will be very good. Assuming he comes back from the injury, fine. I, and and all sources seem to be what it is, uh, or what that's the case. Next up, receivers. Can I can I steal a line from you real quick, please? This seems to be deeper in talent than it is top talent that's available. I feel like we have to come up with something. We got Omar Mannion and we got Oliver Martin, the OMs. Can we just call them the OMGs or something sure. like that? Yeah. I, if you want to run with that, I'm not going to stop you. Cause they're probably both getting a lot of playing time. Are, are they? I, I don't know. Okay. Marcus Mickey, Wash- jo- Mickey Joseph, the wide receiver good, coach, you know, went nuclear point. on like Tuesday or whatever it was this week. Okay. I need six guys. He challenged everybody in the room, which, by the way, I think most Nebraska fans were happy to see. You know, it was put sure. up or shut up type of deal. So they um, get Trey Palmer from LSU. They get Marcus feel good about Wa- him. I think we feel good about Trey Palmer. Marcus Washington from Texas, not bad either. I think he should be. He'll play into this at least in some de- to some degree. Do you know who the fan favorite is? It's a new one. Oh gosh, who's the fan favorite? I G to the C Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Okay, that is the <laughs> that's, guy. That's the guy. Yeah, he's this year's Samari Torre. Boy, that's putting a... They were right with Samari Torre. They were right. As a Packer Now fan, a Packer. To be yeah. Doing pretty and good. doing well in camp, it yes. sounds like. Yeah. Yes. He did well in the Big Ten last yes, year, he too. Did. I don't know if I see a Samari Torre this year, but out of all the play- people we named, uh, uh, Alante Brown is another one, too. I do think Trey Palmer is the one that's going to take over the leadership of this group, which, by the way, is an outside transfer in. Okay, so... That's... We- that's a I thing. I can't believe we've, got, we've gotten this deep without saying it. They're top 10 in the 24-7 transfer rankings, which is good and bad. Like, it's great that they you bring a lot of talent, but it, that doesn't always work out. Bring Everybody, cherry-pick guys from all over the place. Is it going to work out? The chemistry, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Is that going to be okay? The chemistry is a thing. It just seems like everybody's like, hey, Michigan State did it. Do it. Do that. Do what Michigan State did. I I don't think it was easy what Mel Tucker and Michigan State sure. did. I, I don't think you can just apply it across the board. Long story short, tight end Travis Volkolek, very tall, has a lot of sexy flowing hair. And then it is just a amalgamation of tight ends after that with lots of names. I'm sure there's somebody that's going to emerge. Okay. I think we've had pretty, for the most part, positive and good things to say about the parts of the offense. I'm going to get real here. This is a damaged offensive line yeah so i mean it, it doesn't rank high by pick six previews doesn't rank super high it, I'm t- talking about unit rankings by so by unit rankings uh offensive line pick six previews has it 11th and uh uh athlon also 11th but that was before a starting guard who i considered the best offensive lineman on the group is out for the year because of a failed drug test when you lose a starter that you're you know Mercy. assuming that definitely drops it down okay so i said cool whip was the key here but if you drill down another layer the offensive line is the key this is almost the key to the season here and they've had which scott frost said as much during big 10 media days okay and and they have not had good offensive line play in general under this in, in the scott frost era i agree here is what i is ironic about it the rushing attack offensive line play has been fine to pretty good. Yeah. The pass pro 
and the penalties have been Ugh. atrocious. Yes, fair to say. So who do you bring in to fix it? Donnie Rayola, who's never coached offensive line before. Am I am I a jaded Iowa fan when I say there are red flags aplenty here? We we are we and then we are waiting on one guy who was a tackle that's going to play a guard, but that's if the other tackle is healthy and then the other tackle is healthy to play tackle and then the guy that was playing guard is now going to play center and now we've got another guy playing guard that's never actually played before okay. and I have to trust that it's going to work out. I'll give you a phrase. This is one of, my, one of my boss's phrases. When he's trying to be nice, he goes, hmm, I don't see red flags so much, but I see alerts. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's another way to say red flag. He just kind of said red flags. Yes. I don't mean to laugh, Nebraska fans. I could be completely wrong. I think you're already seeing at least it's a red flag. It, it is. It is a. It is a deep hued flag. What is red? What color is red to you? By the way, oh. I think I probably see red similar to other people. Okay. I think. I, I'm sorry. So we're all seeing red here. Is the point? We're all right. seeing red. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. We could be wrong. I. I have the overall view that I have on the entire season is a lot of it is based on this unit right here. Is no that, doubt. That's, is that, the, that's the key. This is the key to this season. And the coaches said it. And I think you're already seeing comments on it and the fact that they're like, just don't turn the ball over in the red zone, which basically means don't try to hold on to the ball too long because we don't think we can pass protect. Mercy. Switching to the defense. Yep. Okay. We believe... It's all it's all a mystery. It's a enigma wrapped in a riddle. But I, I believe we're mostly transitioning from a three four to a four three. Yeah, good point. Or I, four or four two five. Four two five. I don't know. Are we? Is that what's happening? Nobody knows. Wow. That's so. I don't know. First of all, I would not do that. That that's not. Why give would me your, you give me your reasons? Okay. This is this is your last year to to prove yourself. You you're on the chopping block. Why would you switch scheme and? And and not not only it's one thing to switch scheme and teach everyone the new scheme, you didn't recruit to that scheme. It's not you don't just do that on the on the front line, or or you're, at the outside linebackers either. You're you're a layer. You're you're coming at it from a different angle for me, which that was that was very interesting. Um, my thing I was coming from is maybe the biggest loss in this entire team is Damian Daniels, a defensive tackle. Yeah. He was a plugger and a penetrator. <laughs> Sorry. I like that. Uh, and honestly, Ben Stilley too, okay? These were two big bodies that helped out with the rushing defense last year that are gone, okay? It seems like it's a defense and a defensive line. I like Ty Robinson, okay? Sure. I like Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson, obviously, O'Shane Mathis is a big get from TCU. A huge get. And they got a couple more transfers, too. Devin Drew, Texas Tech, yep. Stephen Wynn from Alabama. Alabama. I feel like they did bring in a lot of talent to plug to plug, and maybe penetrate. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> but I think, I think the biggest thing that they need to do is plug. Okay. Penetrating is ultimately what you want to get to, but you at least got to plug it. That's what we all want to get to. Okay. Where are we now? I haven't <laughs> been drinking that much, I swear. So I guess my point I'm trying to make is 
they're strong at the linebacker core. It seems like I love that's their, the reason dude, I love that you linebacker. should be more of a 3-4. I think so, right. That's that's my reason. Okay. I mean, they now, look they're amazing at the linebacker can I take level. Can I take a step back real quick? Yeah. Okay. Has the defense gotten better from the Riley years to Chins taking over? Yes. Oh Undoubtedly. My, oh, my gosh. Okay. So before I get too negative here, okay, everybody knows that Chins is a good dude. I think he is a pretty good recruiter. He has just went to work. He rolled up his sleeves with this defense and got to work. Okay. The defense looks better. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick. Okay. okay. Is it fair to say that Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota kind of seem to be the top three teams at the top of the West the last two or three years? Yes. Okay. Do you know what the average rushing yards allowed that Nebraska has given up to Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota the past three years? Well, if you're throwing Wisconsin in there, it's going to be a lot. They always give up a ton to Wisconsin. Aver- yeah. So average to those three. Three. It's got to be 200 yards a game. Yeah. 228. Okay. Wow. So there's there should be nine contests. There's been only eight because in 2020, Wisconsin and Nebraska sure. didn't play. Uh, so – they averaged 200, those three teams averaged 289 yards rushing in 2019, dropped down to 168 in 2020, uh, but they didn't play But they didn't play Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Last year, they gave up 207 yards rushing on average to those three teams, the lowest being 129 yards to Iowa in 2020, the most being 322 to Minnesota in 2019. Mm-hmm. So this is a better defense. We agree. You have got to be better against the rush against the top three sure. teams in the. It is. It's not a, a hidden stat, but I don't think it's a crazy stat that has got to get better, or you're not getting to the top of this division. Well, yeah. So this year, you can't just beat bad teams. You have to start beating some good teams. And if you want to beat the good teams in your division. To yeah. me, it's that stat right there. Okay, sticking on the D-line. I like Ty Robinson. I like Garrett Nelson. O'Shawn Mathis will be good. I got rip, misrepresent, rip, misrepresented misrepresented on a on the Go Big Red podcast, okay? Because okay. what I had said on a different <laughs> Nebraska podcast was that on the CuzCast was that I thought O'Shawn Mathis was good. I just didn't think his full traits as a player which is being a pass rusher will be realized in the big 10 West when most teams gear to run the ball and protect their passer. Okay. So I, I don't, it's not that he can't have an impact on this team. He definitely will. I just don't know if it's going to be as great of an impact as Nebraska fans hope it's going to be. So you misquoted yourself. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Okay. That happens. <laughs> Colton Feist, Feast, Blaze, uh, Gunnarsson, Nash uh, Hutmacher has got to start stop being so static and robotic. There's a lot of bodies here. We will see if it fits together for a four-man well, hey, front. Nash Hutmacher, I've seen him lift weights. He's very strong. That's all I need to see. Yeah, I mean, he can bench press the moon. Yep. We've seen it. Linebackers, we feel great about. Luke Reimer and Nick Heinrich are studs. They are extremely high-level, quality, Big Ten linebackers i don't know where caleb tanner fits in in this deal maybe he's more of a three four guy i don't know i've seen that guy flash and make yeah that's just that's exactly what i was gonna say is we've seen him flash okay 
Then you got so then their four two five their guy their their guy that's kind of a linebacker kind of a safety. It's called the Nick. Okay, it's a Nick. By the way, the Nick. Did you ever watch that on Showtime? No. It was, it was it's about like turn of the century nineteen you know, surgery in New York. Oh, I would like that. It's good. Did you? This lot of, is, lot this of is, hey, lot of cocaine. Oh wow! Okay, now I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. It was just a normal thing. You realize in 1910 that it was basically voodoo back then. Just made it up as they went. Like modern science didn't start till around 1920. Right. Like back then they were just guess they're rolling dice. You should watch the Nick. Okay. I think you're gonna like it. The Nick is a big part of this role. Isaac Gifford, Chris Kolaverik, Kolaravik, Chris Kolaravik. Sorry. By the way, keep your eyes on Javin Wright. He is a extremely talented dude that has not been able to stay healthy at blood clots. Mm. It seems to be that he is healthy now and a part of the defense. So that Nick type of role, that's pretty big. Then you move on to the secondary. I feel fine with the secondary, but well, it's another one of those things where they're they're there's an influx of talent coming in from other programs. They have transfers abound, but you just don't know in that situation. Like if someone was, let's say, a five star and they transfer, they're not a five star anymore. They're a four star, right? That is say that again. Okay. That, yeah. If a five star transfers, he's not a five star anymore. Because if he was a five star He would be starting. That is I I, I try to say I try to have that conversation with people in DMs and out in the real world, and I don't think it gets through no, like they don't doesn't. understand what i'm saying but they're like but he's still talented well sure there's some form of measurable talent but if it you know if it showed itself on the football field now they i got transfers from arizona state alabama ohio state and maybe the best one of all is from northern iowa could be omar brown fcs star last year from could northern be. iowa uh i think we feel good about quentin newsome tommy hill is one of those transfers at cornerback Miles Farmer at safety, Buford, Isaac Gifford. Like, these are names that Nebraska fans have known for quite some time. I it is feel, up to Chins now to bring this all together. I feel good about the defensive backs. I feel they've got enough returning, and they're bringing in talent. I think they're going to be just fine the defensive okay. backfield. In fact, I think overall this defense is going to be fine. Yes. And even better than fine. This is going to be the strength of the team. That's my prediction. I believe so as well which is why I think you're starting to see the comments out of the coaching staff on how to run this program. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I think they could be better than last year. The team in general, the defense specifically, I I'm going to predict this is a better defense than it was last year. I'm going to predict this is almost the exact same defense okay. as it was right. last year. We're almost saying the same thing, just a little bit different style. I, have, right. I have more confidence than you do though. I think you do. Yeah. Not that I, okay. Not that I don't have confidence. This, this will be a, good defense. I just don't think it's going to be quite as good as what maybe you think it's okay. going to be. Hey, special teams. Hey, huh? look what they did here. <laughs> look <laughs> at you. <laughs> look at these guys. FCS Ray guy winner, Brian Buscini from Montana comes uh, in. Huh? If you want to go get a punter, you know where you go. You go to wilds of Montana. I'm, I cannot wait. They've, they've officially joined the big 10 this season. Could be. And there are, a lot of followers of the podcast, Nebraska fans that are excited to enter the punter race. We're they could st- do it. We're going to start talking about them a lot more. Kicker, Chase Contreras. We've already heard from Whipple. We got a kicker. Cool whip. Do you think 
Nebraska fans' nips got just <laughs> a little hard, and they heard their offensive coordinator so, say it. But, and by the way, returner, Trey Palmer. He's that's got, that's a great point. Excellent returner. Okay. And the, and Bill Bush is the, the guy that's – he is a human. Okay, work with me here. He's a human that coaches just special teams. <laughs> It's a big deal. That is something I feel like other teams may look at them this year and say, we got to do that. And you would have thought their head coach would have looked at other teams and said, we got to do that about three years ago. Maybe. All right. Better late than never. Okay. Moving on to the schedule. Holy bunghole. <laughs> that first game, week zero versus Northwest. Yeah. That's a. That's and I think a, I brought up the bunghole because they're going to be. It's a schwenkter clencher. It is. But is look, this the biggest making a diamond out of a coal sphincter situation that we've had for a fan base since we've been recording this podcast? It's it's Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She <laughs> yeah. have a lump of coal up there, and two weeks you're gonna have a diamond. It is huge. Now, I think Nebraska fans in general are very confident that they're going to beat Northwestern. I'm just saying, if it's three nothing either way. Midway through the second quarter, this is a nervous situation. And it just seems like all of the oddities and weirdness of this game seem to more favor Northwestern in, in the vein of everything was freaking nuts in 2020. Who, who, who paddled through the river of crap looking like a rose? Northwestern. Yeah. It's kind of the same situation. I guarantee you... If Scott Frost could have this played in either Northwestern or Nebraska, he would choose either one of those over Ireland. Yeah. And then, but with that being said, they get a week zero, one, two, and three week game. Uh, Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia, by and large, the, the experts expect them to start three and L you have got to start three and L right. If you want to get to eight wins. Yeah. But here's, I'm going to counter that. To be honest, I don't think there's an unwinnable game on this schedule. They get Wisconsin at home. Do you think that's unwinnable? No. And they're at Michigan. Do you think that's unwinnable? That is brushing up against unwinnable. Mm, I wouldn't call, I, it's unlikely. I don't call it unwinnable. Well, it would, it would not be unwinnable if you are expecting them to be undefeated going into said game. Okay, so let's take Michigan out. They've got 11 winnable games here. Okay. Very winnable. Can, like, I'm even agree, going so Oklahoma. They shouldn't be world beaters this year. Agreed. You can beat Oklahoma. They're at home. They're okay. in Lincoln. Could not, just, could not agree with you more. Of course, devil's advocate would be this. Take North Dakota and Georgia Southern, and I will say – Indiana, because they got that at home. Take yep. those three games off. Okay. Are any of the other games on their schedule potential for them to lose or not I, win? I don't see them losing at Rutgers this year. I don't either. No. But is it crazy to think? No, it's not crazy. Okay. So that's... So there's a lot I of... saw a Nebraska fan that literally said, here is my ceiling and basement. 11-1, and 2-10. I mean, there's a lot. I would of... say eleven and Hold I would on. say I would I would go a little bit closer. I would say ten and two and three and nine, but there is that. There's swing. a lot of play here. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of play. play. Yeah. Uh, long story short, they get one, two, three, four games between Idle Week One 
They get one, two, three games, which is Indiana at Rutgers at Purdue. So a second uh, game on the road there. Second idle week. And then how about this for a kick? Illinois, Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin at Iowa. Yeah, I mean, it's a backloaded schedule for sure. So you got to really get hot. But that seems to always be the case with them. What do you mean? They always have a backloaded schedule. Yeah, that's true. I think, well, last they did year they last had, year. Last year they had a loaded schedule all over the place. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, all right, let's start it out. Biggest game. So I'm going to go at Iowa because they've got to get over that hump. Okay. What are you going? I think it's hands down Northwestern. I mean, I I thought about doing Northwestern. But Interesting. Here's the thing. I think they beat Northwestern. Okay. That's why I don't think it's the biggest game. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, scariest game. <sighs> this was hard to do, and I have a question mark after it. Is it Illinois? Illinois is on the table. Because if they lose to Illinois, they got for four. For the third year in a row. For the third year in a row. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Then they got four cra- crazy hard games after that. That could They could be spared. St- Potential five losses in a row. Because even if you're sitting at, there would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games they played there. Let's say they're five and two. Okay. They lose to Oklahoma and Purdue at Purdue. At Purdue is going to be a tough game, obviously. Yeah. You get the idle week. You still feel pretty good at five and two. But if you lose to Illinois. You're five and three. Now you're crapping your pants. With those four teams left on. Crapping your pants. I'm still taking Northwestern for my scariest game. (laughs) Now I can, I could do it for my scariest maybe. Okay. Because if you start off 0-1 and you lose to what most people consider the worst team in the West. Curb stomp. I have Indiana or Rutgers. I have Indiana. You should be rounding into form at that time so you expect those to be curb stomps two reasons it's after an idle week and the hate is real for okay. indiana so okay. i'm going to indiana okay the hate is real oh is it ever all right over under is seven and a half there's three or four there's actually was four now there are three teams at seven and a half uh, north or nebraska is one of them what do you think? So I, I go back to what I've seen so far with the Scott Frost era. I just have to go under. I, I think seven is much more likely than eight here, so I'm going under. Seven is more wins than they've had by two. Right. So to get to eight, we have to expect a three-game jump from what we've ever seen. So Nebraska fans, I know. I get it. It's your team. You love them. N- nobody is doubting your love. But if rival fan bases or prognosticators that Kurt and I fancy ourselves to be, if we say we've never seen it from the Scott Frost era, I don't think that makes us haters. It makes us have the ability to just... Makes us observers. Very good. So I'm going to go under, but I'll tell you one thing. I I would go under, but it's not something that I feel so great about that I would put shekels on. I wouldn't put money on it, and if I did, I would be nervous about it. Correct. All right, that was the 2022 Nebraska Cornhuskers. That brings us to our next team, the 2022 Penn State Nittany Lions. Shout out to new friend of the pod, Jake Myers at CFB Jake. He has a podcast, the Get Back Coach Pod. Ah, uh, yes, I have seen this. On That's the a great Twitters. name for a podcast. By it's the way. a great name for a podcast. They were kind enough to have me as a guest on their podcast. 
very knowledgeable humans okay. about their Big Ten football that are on it. Very knowledgeable and respectful. So is this, is it a Big Ten specific or is it all college football? Is it, it is specific? all college football. It is a Texas A&M man and it okay. is a Penn State man, but they paint the board. Well, I'm going to have to listen to this They're podcast. Great. They're great. Okay. They're good, dude. They're just good humans. So give them a shout out. Give them a follow. Last five years, 42 and 19, which is a 69% winning percentage fifth in the big 10 last year not so great seven and six james franklin at the head at the helm entering his eighth year how do we feel big kurt about the penn state nittany lions okay this is my toughest one to answer so far about how do you feel about him because james franklin's a good coach we i think one year we made him coach of the year i think we did like a, a, in the rankings we made him the 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 best coach didn't we yeah, i think we did finish number one I, I wouldn't put him there now. We haven't put him there in the last couple of years. They've had a couple rough years by their measure. They're 11 and 11 in the last two years. They've had some questionable coaching in within those, within the last can I, can couple. I, real quick. Yeah. Is it fair to say he's more of a successful coach than he is a good coach? Hmm. Drive down one layer. What do you mean by that? his overall record and accomplishments is better than how you feel about him being a manager of men. I guess so. But the, I think the Penn accomplishments State fans have, might, the accomplishments they've tailed off, but he just, he just signed a 10 year extension. Remember that I mean, it's a little bit crazy, but, and they're basically Nebraska light with one with, with losses last year. If you go back, it was overshadowed. They had a bunch of, of single-digit losses and single-score losses, and they had a complete collapse. Oh, okay, so you're talking about close Clo- close losses. Yeah, they, okay. they didn't get blown out in any game, but they no. had a bunch of close losses, which yeah, that comes down to coaching, too. But but the to make a, a you know very distinct line of demarcation, so Penn State has been more successful on the football field the past five years than Nebraska. I don't want to misquote myself, okay. so yes. So they had a total collapse midseason. I don't – you can't feel bad about them because the recruiting is ridiculous right now. It was ridiculous this, this year. It's ridiculous for next year. But I don't know. The, at, this is a arrow pointed sideways to me. Sideways. Okay. I feel like uh, the – But maybe even slightly down. down. Okay. Maybe a so little the, bit. The, the, the angry mob collection of college football fans on Twitter is say it's – it's pointing so far down. No, they can't okay. be that pointed that far down with the, the talent they are bringing in right now. And the fact that James Franklin has shown the ability to do good things as a head football coach in the Big Ten. 2022 recruiting class, second in the Big Ten, sixth nationally. 2023 recruiting class, which of course is not over yet, but currently sitting at second in the Big Ten, ninth nationally. They got a five-star quarterback that just stepped on campus here. Yeah. It's been a while since they had that. It's been a few years. Yeah. So we'll get it. Should we go ahead and get in the offense yeah. right now? It wasn't, it wasn't good last year. Uh, 82nd in the country, 376 yards per game. Scoring offense, pretty consistent. 90th, 25 points per game. Big loss with wide receiver Jahan Donson. And we got to say goodbye to Noah Kane as we are no longer able to make the joke yes. anymore. Okay. I got, so- I got last one in. That's it. I have to write that joke off now. But can I do one for this season? Absolutely. (laughs) You're going to be hard-pressed if he's not on the roster anymore. I'll figure something out, man. (laughs) All right, so looking at the offense. All right, for the love of all that is holy, I am a 
Hey, Kurt, are you a Big Ten football fan? Uh, yes, I am. I am a Big Ten football fan. We grew up watching Big Ten football, which for the most of our lives, not all, but most of our lives was the Big Ten with the 11 hidden in the 10. That Correct. 11th team was Penn State. Mm-hmm. And what was synonymous with those Penn State fans all as we grew up was a rushing attack. A rushing attack that like you thought about the next day when you woke up and you were like, oh my God, yeah. those Penn State running backs and offensive Kijana line. Carter? Oh my gosh. All the way to Kajana to Saquon. Oh man, yes. Where's it been? It's been ugly, I man. Need it. So my quote is this. Run the ball better, things will be better. Run the ball great, things will be great. All of it. All of it. All of okay. it. Everything so, we're talking about. But okay. It all is around the rushing attack. Okay. To me. But why do you think that they could pull that off when even with Noah Kane, they were unable to do it? That's it. Yes. Did it. Yes. Boom. Retired it. Dude. Got it just right off that. Boom. You doubted me. I did not. Nice work. <laughs> okay. Seriously, though. Here's my thing. Okay. We'll get into the offensive line. But last year, I believe we saw a team in the Big Ten East with an okay but not great offensive line, have an amazing rushing attack in Michigan State because yeah. they had a transcendent talent in the backfield. I don't think Kayvon Lee is that guy, but can super-duper frosh, frost, frosh, frost, 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 Nick Singleton, five-star running back, can he be that guy? I mean, he could be that guy. They've had another a number of other five, four star. Katron Allen also comes in. Who, by the way, is coaches are like, don't forget about Katron Allen. Yeah. Do you think it was the running backs though? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't have. The, the I will say this: the running backs have not been great. There's nobody that's jumped off and said, "Oh, that is a elite runner right there." My thing is. I think if you look at the Penn State offensive line during Saquon's years, I. Also, do not think these were great offensive. No, players. you know why the rushing attack and stuff was good. It's freaking Saquon Barkley. Yeah, but I then, need both. I need both. Okay, need... hold on. But then you have other teams that don't have elite backs but have good rushing games. Yes. So you have to blame it partly on the offensive line. No doubt. In fact, I'm going mostly O line. I'll go. I'll go five. No, I'll go. Okay. If you have five parts, if you okay. have five parts, I'm going three and a half parts offensive line, one and a half parts running back okay. to put the blame on. I'm going to go two and a half, two and a half. I'm going to really, I'm going really? to cut it down the middle. Okay. I have not seen a difference maker at running back. They've just been okay. pretty good, but we do need to see a jump up in offensive line. Jake thinks we will see that this year. I understand his, uh, um, uh, reasons for positivity. Offensive line coach, Phil Trotwine. Ha- I mean, he was kind of a big hire. I mean, it was a offensive a line yeah. coach that had a name and a respect about him. It needs to be seen this year. There's talent there. Tangwell, Caden Wallace, Olu Fushel, Norzad is the big guy out of the transfer portal. Juice Scruggs, all-name team. Sal Wormley. We have got – that's five or six guys that I just named right there. We have got to get a core of guys that – make this offensive line above average teamed up with who I think will be a very talented running back in, in Nick Singleton. Let's make it work. Okay. We got this far into it. We haven't even talked about the quarterback, which is, I guess, kind of refreshing. Sean Clifford still perplexes me, but it, I, 
I think Sean Clifford is both better and not as good as the general public thinks. He's definitely yeah. Look at if you look at where he was at for passing efficiency before he went down right. for his with his injury. Dude, there was a reason why Penn State was as highly ranked as they were going into that Iowa game last year. Yeah, I agree with you, but the flip side is he's he wasn't he's not like a Justin Fields type that just takes over a game and wins a game for you. But then flip side of that, you watch him throw deep passes down the field. He can do it, man. Okay, he's, now deep passes, I think most no, no, Penn not, State fans. Hold on, not a bomb. Okay. I'm talking about okay, maybe I should mid range. Intermediate intermediate deep, deep outs, deep ends. He can hit those things and hit them in stride. He does it with regularity. He's got enough athletic ability to get out of the pocket, throw. He has teamed up with a offensive coordinator in Mike Yersich for the second time, which has not happened his entire time there. There are reasons to believe that this would be a good thing, and this would be a good year for this quarterback. And by the way, Christian Bilou got some reps last year. That's good. They have depth at quarterback. They got a super fresh Underneath him, a lot of Penn State fans wonder if it's going to be the year. I I don't think so, okay? I think it's going to be Sean Clifford or Buss. So then you move on to the receivers. I think this is a good and underrated group of receivers. I mean, Parker Washington is just a good receiver. He's fantastic. Fantastic? I would think, yeah. I mean, well, okay. And if he hasn't been, I feel like he's going to be this year. I expect a lot from him this year. I agree. Um, KLS, solid. How about Mitchell? Tinsley from the transfer portal. He was eighth in the country in, yeah. in receiving yards last year for Western Kentucky. It's a huge pickup. I don't think anyone's talking about that enough. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like it should be a, you know, who was, who else isn't talking about enough me? Cause I didn't even know about it until I dug in with Jake and I'm like, Holy shankies. They've got three really good wide receivers. I right agree, there. but they don't have a Jahan Dotson. There is no Jahan Dotson no. there. No, there's three number two receivers. So you know what that means? Get good at running the damn football. See? Right? Yes. It's a thing. Yes. It's huge. Tight ends down last year, okay? Uh, uh, Brenton, uh, Brenton had a year that was strange. Oh. Dad huh. joke. Huh. Theo Johnson, so one of these guys has got to emerge. I think they could. Moving on to the defense. Sort of an enigma wrapped in a riddle here. Okay. And what I'm getting at is... I see the talent. I see the fact that a big reason why they struggled last year was strictly because of injuries. They had an incredible amount of injuries in the middle of the year, and they still wound up with a pretty good well, defense. Yeah, I mean, was, 38th in the country, 6th in scoring defense. Well, I was going to say, six. I know, I was going to say struggled. I don't know that they struggled so much. They Okay, that's fair. You're right. Thanks for the correction. It wasn't as good at parts in the last half of the year as it was at the beginning. Yeah, and, and, but but the scoring defense never changed. Wasn't there a thing they would just they, people would move up and down the field, but they would just clamp down in the Thank red you. zone. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Does Manny Diaz not give you a sense of anxiety? As you I mean, he does a here. little bit. You know what I decided? He's a little zucky, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> He's got zook type of, of characteristics. He does, about him. right? Is that crazy? No. Boy, you never want it. You never want one of your major coordinators to be Zucky. But I'm not. That's not a. 
it's not a total knock on him. I mean, he's he is. I a, would rather drink with Zook than Manny Diaz. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No, and I'd rather bench press with Zook than Diaz. <laughs> no, I'd rather bench press with Diaz <laughs> okay. than Zook. That's a good Zook point. Show me up. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, Diaz <laughs> for the the bench press and Zook for the drinking. <laughs> Anyways, I just feel that I feel that Manny Diaz is a feast or famine type of human. Yeah, him. he is. There's he, a, absolutely. Okay. Uh, starting with the defensive line, PJ Mustafar and. Adiza Isaac, I th- I believe they are beasts. They were huge losses last year when they went down. Isaac needs to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. But once I started digging into this defense, shocker, uh, there is talent. And I think sure. one of the, I don't know, it's either the defensive line or the secondary. One of those two units is probably the number one and number two most talented unit on the on the entire team. Well, probably defensive backfield. So, Pick Six Previews has the defensive backfield ranked number one in okay. the conference. Okay. And Athlon doesn't have them that far away at three. So, defensive back would probably be the general consensus, but I think the defensive line, if healthy, is much better than what people understand well, them to be. And they bring a couple transfers in. Chop! Chop! Chop Robinson! Over from Maryland. He's one of the... He okay, Damian Robinson. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And then also another guy, uh, Nick Nick Tarbiton. Okay. There's, there's, there's talent there. We'll, switch, we'll, we'll skip over the not-so-great part to talk about the secondary. Okay. I think this might be the best cornerback duo in the Big Ten. So we got Kalen King. Yep. We got Joey Porter Jr., who I love. Joey Porter Jr., I have seen projected in multiple spots as a first-rounder. How tall is that guy? He looks... Dude, looks he's like he's stud. six seven. <laughs> he's a, a freaking. Obviously, stud. he's not that tall, but I, I, mean. I, I and yet I think he could wind up on the not yet released Jeffrey the Greek all underrated team. How, how many how many Big Ten fans know Jory Porter? If I say Jory Porter, I'm a Big Ten fan. How many people know that he's a cornerback for Penn State? Not many. They should. <laughs> I mean, you just <laughs> see him on good. the screen. You're like, holy crap! Look he at looks that the dude. part. And Kalen King came on. Last year, Jair Brown could be on the underrated team totally. as well. Jalen Reed is good. By the way, there's a lot of Jalens these days. It's I too common like of a name. Yeah. So the secondary is fantastic. But all, along with the ickiness of not being comfortable with the Penn State running backs, I'm not comfortable with the Penn no. State linebackers. Curtis Jacobs, he's got a... He's, he's just... He's, he's Curtis, Curtis Right, Jacobs. but he's got to be amazing this year because after him... Kobe, it, it gets really thin. We need Kobe. We need Kobe King to to step up. Okay, I don't know. Kobe I, King, Kalen, Kalen King's brother. There, we believe that there is enough there, but we are talking about switching safeties over to linebacker because they're so deep in the secondary to have guys play linebacker. It's a bizarre world, Jerry. I don't know what to think about that. Special teams, boy, losing Jahan Dotson and Jordan Stout. Oh Jordan's, my goodness, is. Is that the biggest loss? It may be bigger than Blake Hayes. It the combo is is bigger than Blake Hayes. That's a big deal. Like we're we're kind of smirking, in, but that is a big loss. For it's the a huge loss. Lines. Yeah, I mean Jordan stopped. So they they bring in two new guys. Well, Jake Pinnegar, he's been around. He's he's had plenty of opportunities. And Alex Bachetta, Bachetta, freshman. All right, looking at the schedule, we have got one, two, three, four, five games, and then an idle week, and then a seven-game kick after that. Starting off with a road game at Purdue. Penn State, I believe I'm correct in saying this. Penn State is playing 
their first Big Ten road game on the season on the road for the 13th time in the past 14 years. That's unbelievable. I don't know, how they, don't know how they let that happen. Dude, if I was James Franklin, I, I would be knocking on the Big Ten office's doors saying, don't you ever bleep and do this again. Now, with that said, crazy, they've got some big games at home. They are at Michigan, but they got Minnesota at home. They got Ohio State at home. They got Michigan State at home. That's not. This is not a bad schedule for them. It's not a bad schedule. I just think that's a scheduling blurb. You got it. Yeah, that just should not. It shouldn't happen to any team, especially no. Penn State. It's just crazy. But anyways, they start on the road at Purdue. Not an easy game. And like, if you lose it, it hurts more than if you win it. Gives you joy. I think? yes. Oh, no doubt. Okay, that's. Yeah. I know that's probably slapping Purdue faces as we almost getting ready. To... Break them down. Ohio Bobcats at Auburn. Yeah, but Auburn's not predicted to do well this no, year. No, their coach is almost got tarred and feathered. Central <laughs> Michigan and then Northwestern. It is very realistic to think that they would start 5-0 and and at the very least 4-1. Maybe you drop Purdue. Maybe you drop Auburn. I think you expect 4-1 or better. You expect 4-1. Okay. Then at Michigan after an idle week, Minnesota, Ohio State at Indiana, Maryland at Rutgers, uh, Michigan State. All right, we'll switch to breaking it down. Biggest game. What do you got? I've got, I've got at Michigan. So do I. Okay. You're, because you're idle before that. Let's. I mean, let's say let's, let's say they are uh, one, two, three, four. Let's say they're four and one. Okay. And they're one and zero oh in the conference. If you beat Michigan now, now you're two and zero oh in yeah. conference, being the defending Big Ten champs. Huge. Well, that's the other thing, defending Big Ten champs. And you look at the Penn State, Michigan, you know, overall records, uh, uh, Harbaugh and Franklin against each other. It's been about as even as can be. That's a big one. Scariest game. Got at Purdue. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's some of these are pretty obvious, I guess. Curb stomp. Northwestern, sir. Okay. All right. I, I went with a more uh, curb stomp that may perhaps would mean more okay. to Penn State fans. I got Maryland. Oh, okay. I can see that. Now, Maryland. I think they're a little too spicy for that to be a curb stomp. Which would make it more of a rewarding curb stomp. Yeah, good point. If they could pull it off. Okay. Uh, all right. Over, under. Eight and a half. Okay. It's a juicy over, under. I feel like they're going to go 3-0 and non-conference. But, gosh. At Purdue's not easy. Then you got at Michigan. You get Ohio State. At home, but gosh, I got to go under on this one. It's tough, right? I'm going under. There's something going on here where maybe it was Jake getting into my head, okay? Uh, but I started looking at this team, and long story short, eight and a half was higher than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the talent, and I looked at how good this team was until the injuries hit them last year with their quarterback. Yeah, that's true. And I believe Vegas is telling me to take the over. Okay. And I'm going to take the over. Okay. I not don't blame high, Not high. This looks like a nine and three team. I don't blame me, you though. But I think that's what it'll be. All right. That's your 2022 Penn State Nittany Lions. <clears throat> the Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produces a one of a kind whiskey. 
Amador is made to be sip neat or is perfect for classic bourbon cocktails. Just like your favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast, Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag AskForAmador and check out our new website and finder option so you can see where to find Amador at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky. Raised in California. All right, next up, the 2022 Purdue Boilermakers. Shout out to our guy, Greg McManus. Last five years, right in the middle. As close as you can get to 500, 28 and 29. 49% winning percentage is good for ninth in the Big Ten. Last year, 9 and 4, playing 12 Power 5 teams. Jeff Brown, like Tom, going into his fifth year. How do we feel about the current state of the Purdue Boilermakers? Well, you can't feel bad. You got to feel pretty good, especially after last year. Had a couple down years. I was starting to wonder myself. Then they have this amazing year, changes the perspective. On top of that, Purdue has been recruiting much better under Brown than they were under his predecessors. So right now, I feel pretty damn good about the Boilermakers. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's one of those deals where I feel like you have to stop and pause and respect where Purdue is at right now when Brom took over this program. Yeah. The the bar has been raised exponentially. So the the hard thing at a program like Purdue is sustaining. So got to got to do it again this year. You got to have another solid year. You got to start stacking years. He's stacking recruiting classes. Keep stacking winning years. I, I think that is a phenomenal point. So we'll start with the offense because that's where you always start with almost every team, but especially with a Jeff Brom coach team. So last year, 33rd in total offense at 440 yards per game. Not quite as high in scoring offense, 59th at 29 points per game. Jeff Brom does not want or feel the need to run the ball, and he don't give a bleep. <laughs> What you think about that? <laughs> but okay, well, hold on. You know, he he had a comment recently saying the same thing. But don't you think if he could choose, he would have a stronger running game and lean, and lean on it a little more? No, I, I don't know. Is, I think this is how he wants. Okay, wants it to so work. they're like you know how Penn State defensively allows teams to move up and down the field, but then clamps down in the red zone. This is Penn State. On the offensive side, they move it up and down the field, but then they struggle to score once they get in the red zone. Wouldn't you rather have a running game you could lean on in those situations? I would, personally. Um, so you think he doesn't care that they don't do well in the red zone? I think Jeff Brom likes points. And well, if, points if, come from the red zone. True. Uh, and, and you know, the, the stat that actually uh, bores out what you just said right there, 33rd in total offense, but almost 60th in total points scored. You're showing it right there, right? I, I, I would like to have a running game. I guess my answer is I don't know, but it sure seems like you'll never get Jeff Brown to admit that what Jeff Brown is doing is not exactly by his design. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Quarterback Aiden O'Connell. All right. All right, here we go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tick Purdue fans off. Let's do it. Very good quarterback. Very, very good quarterback. Okay. Maybe not as good as what it's been portrayed for him being for the past couple months here like is he that much media okay fans on twitter i mean he has been exalted as this and and i believe he is a very uh, a virtuous man from what i can see is a like i have no idea i don't know break 
I've seen people break Aiden O'Connell down. Uh, he's wise beyond his years. All that stuff. Don't get me wrong. He did go to Wheaton College. Okay. It's an evangelistic college. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. That actually plays into what I've heard about him. So, like, he is a leader of men type of deal. It's Billy Graham's college. He, he, I'm, I'm not joking. Okay. Yeah, Billy, There's a Billy Graham Center on Wheaton College's campus. That makes sense. Yeah. You would know that. You're from I, I lived on College Avenue for oh. a brief time. Brief. Yeah. Long story short, Aiden O'Connell is a leader of men. I don't know if the talent is quite as good as what it's made out to be. So what me do you, and you were talking offline, like I, like is he, is he that much better than David Blau when it comes to the grand pantheon of Big Ten quarterbacks? Overall, no, I would say nobody's got a better arm than Blau. He's okay. more talented from that perspective. Check out Blau's stats, man. I mean, that when that guy Dude, got hot, he was. He I, was I thought he would be more highly regarded with NFL draft people because yeah. like i thought he was good anyways I, I it's more of a compliment i probably to david blau than anything but we said he was the best quarterback in the west we meant it all right who is he throwing to this is kind of somewhat of a question mark here okay absolutely is it not no it's losing just a, okay it's a Lo- potpourri of potential talent that was a, that yeah? was a beautiful word salad you just did right thank there. you uh david bell gone Milton Wright, mm. gone. Those are big deals for targets. Charlie Jones in. Talented dude. Good wide sure. receiver. Not a, not who you want to be your number one wide receiver. So to me, the hunt is on. Who is the number one wide receiver? If I had to predict, Brock Thompson. Okay. Looked great in the bowl. Yeah, amazing. But he's had a little bit of an injury thing. Okay. He's had to work through. And TJ Sheffield showed up pretty well, too, okay. last year. So is is that our is that our candidates right there? I I predict Brock Thompson number one, T.J. Sheffield two, and probably Charlie Jones three. Okay, Tyron Tracy Jr. to me will play more in the backfield than he will at wide receiver. Tight ends good. Payne Durham, pain in the butt for a lot of defensive coordinators. Okay, very good tight end. I think him and Sam Laporta will be one and two in the West, if not the entire conference. So. I, I mean, good tight end, potential at wide receiver, but there is reason to believe that putting the stress on Aiden O'Connell to be as good of a quarterback as he was last year without David Bell or Milton Wright. I don't expect it to happen. Okay. But here's what I do expect. When Durham gets the ball for opposing defenses, what do I predict? Pain. Nice. Good Absolutely. Job. Running back, we got King Daru. I believe Samson James is still an option. So, okay. Not necessarily a great backfield on paper, but those could be a nice one-two punch. uh, So that's the pair with the spare being Tyrone Tracy. Okay, good point. And I want to give a gadget gadget guy, third down guy, yes. And I mean, shout out to Brom like Tom, because if he brought him over into the campus, he goes, now that you're here, this is your role. Right. That's ballsy. And I think it's the correct call. (laughs) And if anybody, if I could think of anybody that would do that, it's Jeff Brom. Great. We're great to have you here. Doesn't give an F. You're not playing. Doesn't give an F. No. Offensive line. I am still full shocked at how much that unit solidified itself. Last year, we thought that was going to be one of the aggressively <laughs> we struggling did, we teams, did. <laughs> and we were wrong. We were wrong, but 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 they did not get a run push. They were good pass blocking, 
was not a good run blocking. So it's their their run blocking was oh crap they're running the ball pretty if much. If they ever had to actually run the ball to force it, they just couldn't do it. So here's my thing: they got but they got a lot. To, they got a lot of experience. They got a lot of experience. Three starters returned from that line that couldn't run block. So yeah. my prediction is not pain. My prediction is <laughs> it's going to look a lot like last year, but without David Bell. Agree, dude. You're you're, you're dead on. All right, switching to the defense. We had three defensive coordinators last year. We lost one. Okay. Losing Brad Lambert, to me, one of the biggest losses with this team, along with David Bell. And okay. a certain defensive end that we'll get to right here. So can the can the dynamic duo left over with Ron English and Mark Hagan make up for the pace from the p- tremendous trio that we had last year with the three defensive coordinators? And there is some talk about them. Going to a four-two-five. It seems like four-two-five is going to be the thing. Yeah. Okay. Good defensive tackles with Dean and Johnson. We're going to need somebody to step up in the pass rushing situation. Okay. Because George Cleftis is, is as big of a loss on the defensive side as David okay. Bell is on the offensive. Don't side. Don't forget, we still have a Carlaftis on campus. You, Yanni. But the other, the thing I like about the defensive line is that they're old. Yes. And the, they're gonna, they're just gonna be solid. Defenses, defensive line is old, but then they've got some young bucks that are really talented. Carl Aftis and a couple other ones, yes. a couple other four stars. So we got to see how these new defensive quarters. They're not new; they were there last year. Uh, linebackers transfer from Auburn. OC Brothers, all name team for sure. He's on it right <laughs> there. We'll see what he looks like. The DBs they've got now got a flex position which they believe Jalen Graham is going to fit into. That guy was good Love last Graham. year. Absolutely. Cornerbacks, Corey Trice coming back from an injury. When healthy, very good. Reese Taylor Dude, look defected at that. from Indiana. I love their cornerbacks. I'm I'm a Corey Trice fan. I'm a shameless We're all Corey fan. Trice fan. Got to be healthy. But with Reese Taylor? It's good. These are This is a good cornerback combo. Dude, so that is, maybe- that is just that is so f- filthy and mean to not only take. I know. A, a really good quarterback, but from your rival to oh boy. Well, but the running back too, Samson James. So I, I'm glad that Purdue has some. I just I don't like all this stuff with the transferring. Just makes me feel icky. Don't mean to. That's nothing personal to Purdue. Absolutely not. But, I'm gl- but I'm like glad they four got guys that we're talking about right here that we think we're going to contribute came from Big Ten West or came from either Big Ten West rivals or their actual rival with Indiana. No. Solid safeties with Cam Allen. And Chris Jeffrey. So looking at the schedule, this is quite a push. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row Oof. before they get an idle week. That's Wait. that's a pretty late idle week. Somebody hates their athletic director. However, their athletic director, I got to give them three gold stars here for scheduling three pretty easy non-conference games. Jeez, after last year. At, well, after the last five years. For sure. My God, they'd be like Notre Dame, another good Power 5 team in uh, Nevada or something okay. like that. With that being said, can I... Can, okay, uh, Indiana State and Florida Atlantic at home, no-brainer. But can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you rather play Notre Dame at home or at Syracuse? I know what Do you're. You know get- what I'm saying. I know what you're getting at, but I playing in the 800 degree Carrier Dome, I, which is after- I- ironic because it's named after an HVAC company. It's going to be 800 <laughs> degrees in there. Nobody's going to think you're going to lose that game. That will be a tough game, dude. No, I know it's going to be a tough game. And if you lose it, it's a big deal. If you lose versus Notre Dame, it's not a big deal. I know. Okay. I know. But I still think 
they win saying, at Syracuse. Just saying. Okay. By the way, special teams, big boost with Charlie Jones. Solid kicker and punter. Yep. Sneaky good special teams. Okay. Uh, biggest game of the year. I don't know if I'm crazy with this, but okay. Penn State, they are, fa- they, they, they are predicted to lose that game. Sure. Okay. So let's say they lose to Penn State and beat Indiana State at Syracuse, Florida Atlantic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now they're sitting at one, two, three, and one. Mm-hmm. Then at Minnesota, mm-hmm. which BJ's been right the thorn in 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 You could say that. Biggest game. That's the biggest game. Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, here. You have two. Here. Look. Minnesota, because of the curse. They've got a Minnesota curse. We're seeing the same thing. Scariest game. I okay. <laughs> I went with at Maryland. Yes. So okay. Do I. Because it's they're kind of mirrors of one another, right? Bet the over. Bet absolutely bet the over for for sure. But like two scary good passing offenses. You got to travel to the East Coast. I don't like that game at all. After they play Minnesota. After they play Minnesota. That's right. got the scariest game written all over it. Curb stomp. Indiana. Boy, we are we're three for three here. All right, sir. Same thing. Over under. They did drop from seven point five to seven. Which is one reason that I like the over. I love the easy non-conference. For for this, the the uh, crossover games, they get Penn State, which is obviously not easy, but I think they have a good chance. They're, they're at Maryland, IU. I like the the crossover games. I think overall, this the schedule plays out pretty well, so I'm going over. Okay. They could lose. There's eight teams on their schedule they could lose to. Yeah, that's probably true. Penn State at Syracuse, at Minnesota, at Maryland, Nebraska, at Wisconsin, Iowa, and at Illinois. Every one of those games they could lose. I agree. I've got under. But do you think they're going to lose every one of those games? Of course not. Right. Of course not. That's not I never said that. Okay. I'm saying right. each right. one of those games right. is jump ball games. So okay. if you go four and four in those games and you win the non-conference, I'm just saying that's close. It's close. I'm I'm hey, none of the, there's a reason they put the game the <laughs> line where they do. Okay. All right. Last team up, the 2022 Ruckus Scarlet Knights. Chop, where are you, man? We don't know. You, you are MIA. So, chop is and me thinks Chop got chopped from Twitter because of <laughs> certain Chop tweets. R I P C H O P. We love you, Chop. I love Come you. Come back I whenever miss, you can. I miss you, buddy. Last five years, twelve and forty-five. That is last in the Big Ten. Not so good. Uh, last year, made it to a bowl. They, they did, kind they of. Made, they made kind of. To, they, but they did. They, they made they it did. to a bowl. Well, how do we feel about the current state of the Scarlet Knights? Okay. I love Greg Schiano. You love Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano, when he came in immediately from game one, it wasn't just a noticeable difference. It wasn't just a significant difference. It was a huge difference from the Chris Ash era. So I feel very good about this. Recruiting has improved. Um, to, but but here's the thing. Sometimes you take a step forward. Sometimes you take, take a step back. Overall, feel great about the direction of the program. I think Greg Shiano is a great leader of this program. But sometimes sometimes you take some lumps. Could not could not agree more. My my first comment I have here before we you get down in is Rutgers fans will need to be patient. Sometimes you guys I literally have you, you you're gonna have to understand that this is a work in progress before you can step back forward again. And by the way, great deals at Costco are available on tickets. What we not not just from Rutgers. Did you see that? South Carolina. South too. Carolina's doing the same thing. Hey, my 
my buddy of mine, Henry, Hank, played football with him at Iowa, lives out in Jersey. He's only 25 minutes away from Piscataway. We are cooking up a situation where I go to the Iowa Rutgers game for $99. We get field pass tickets. That's what am I invited? Do you want to go? I would go. Yes. Yes. To Piscataway. Are you kidding me? I've, I've never been there. Who wouldn't want to visit Piscataway for the first? Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk offline. It's a, it's a real yeah, thing. let's do this. Okay. I, I like this. All right, offense. Whew. Pick something and do it better this year. <laughs> right? Look at these stats. Total offense, 120th okay. in the yeah, country. 311 yeah. yards per game. We'll be better in scoring offense, right? No. 120th as well. All right, Sean Gleason, this is on, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you, Sean Gleason. To get it done. Now, it's not going to be easy because if you go down the line, each platoon or each each unit, to me, this it, it feels like the movie platoon. OK, hold when on. You start because shots does. are getting fired left and right here. Good point. But to me, the ceiling for each of the units is serviceable. <sighs> yes. So let's say they're all serviceable. How good are they going to be? Can and I'm sorry, get- this is going down the Indiana path right now. Are we supposed to call it how we see it? Yes. This, 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 I mean, okay. Here, let's start with the one bright spot that might happen. They're, they're all everything recruit at quarterback. Gavin yeah. Wimsett, who, by the way, it's 16 attempts in the bowl game. It wasn't good attempts, by the way. It didn't look good. But, like, that's the question. Do you stick with Noah Vedral or do you go with the all-world quarterback and just Take your lumps and work through it. Right. So you do the Lovey Smith 2017 season, just going to hit the reset button, don't care how many games we lose, or do you go Noah Vedral? I don't know. I don't know the answer I to take that. The, I, I take the first option. Do you? Would you do you? the reset. I do the reset. You do the hard reset. 100%. Okay. He's, he's you got to think about enough. recruiting, though. Got to think about recruiting. If it looks really, really bad, what are recruits going to think? I don't think they're going to think much better if Noah Vedral's that quarterback. Okay. That's my point. Like, okay, let's say Noah Vedro gets you one more win. Is that worth it? No. Okay. The offensive line, I, I don't have a clue. Nobody does because everybody in the first two teams is not everybody, but almost everybody is either a freshman or transfer or transfer. They, they went, okay. I, I, they went, they went nuts in the portal. They signed seven offensive linemen in this class. They, they, they were like, and I think I remember Shiano actually coming. Like, I think he basically said, "Sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> we've got to fix this offensive line." And so Raekwon then, O'Neal, so this is what... Raekwon O'Neal leaves for UCLA. Can, okay, I I hate to be a D bag, but can you can you blame him? Like knowing that you're going to be, um... I mean, it's UCLA. <sighs> okay, it, we got a lot of work to do on the offensive line. I've got no. I've got no input for you other than everybody. Yeah, there, there's your input right there. That's going to be Greg Seattle every Saturday night. You hope that the offensive line looks better in November than it does in September. That, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, yes. That's probably okay, something to shoot for. Let's switch to Ryan back. Isaiah Pacheco. Gone. Um, but Aaron Young, solid. Yeah. Kyle Monongate had some moments. So I worked with an Aaron Young once. Yeah? Yeah. I hope he's not there. Running back, he does not have luck. Do it. It's it. We will see. 
We will see. And then, okay, so, and then receivers, bunch of transfers there. Sean Ryan, West Virginia. Taj Harris, though, Syracuse. Syracuse. That's a bright spot right there. Got Crookshank. I really like Shameen Jones personally, and then you got Johnny Football Langan as kind of the gadget I do like Johnny Langan. Love Johnny Langan. Run the offense through him in some capacity. Yeah. Hopefully it looks better. The defense. um, Boy, dude, here's the thing about the defense. They lost so much. See, that's what's crazy is like. So the defense last year, 81st in total defense, 56 in scoring defense, which mm-hmm. was like, that was like Shiano, which we're going to try to do things good. And and you you didn't have a strong year, but yet the losses on defense are, they hurt. Oh my gosh. Fadakasi, Tyshawn Fogg, Maddox Williams, Devin Singleton, Julius Turner, Mike Tverdov. Those were all very good players. And they're gone. And they're all gone. So, uh, defensive line, I think we got something there with Aaron Luz and Keontae Hamilton. I mean, established guys in Mayan, Oanatu, and Ifanye. Ma- Dude, I can't say these names. I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. It's it's a bunch of guys on the defensive line that you think might round into decent players, but the depth and the stars – Linebackers, guys that you hoped would be good with Muhammad Tori and Moses Walker, Injured. they both blew out knees in the spring. Injured. I, I thought Indiana was going to be hands down <laughs> the worst team. Uh-huh. It's these are the two ugliest sisters right now. It's they're going to be it's going to be pillow fight at the bottom of the East between those two. Secondary is actually pretty strong. Every not young. bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So hey, hey, special teams though. Adam Corsack, yes, star of the team. He's right now, hands down, he's the team MVP. He is the Blake Hayes circa 2018 for Illinois. Okay, okay, that's fair, but maybe even more so. There were some things that Illinois was doing right in 2018, and Aaron Crookshank for returner as long as he comes Good back. Good point healthy. too. And Guy Fava is their kicker. We got to figure Fava, out something. Fava beans. Something we got to figure right out something there. So uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Idle week, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right in the middle. I'll tell you what, starting out at Boston College. Boston College ain't bad. This is, in fact, Boston College is better than ain't bad. They're pretty good. Okay. The Wagner Seahawks. Raise your hand if you knew that the Wagner Seahawks was a team until I read that there. I didn't. <laughs> and then they got to go two temples. So not only are you struggling this year, you 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 have to go on the road to Boston College and Temple. Yeah, I'd... I'm not saying Temple's great, but I think you're just oh, oh God, you're, you're you're hoping it's not worse than one and two, but you're hoping okay, maybe we can go two and one. Would would you would you sign up for three wins right now, Toll? If you're if you're a Rutgers fan, yes. Okay, uh, biggest game. I got I got Indiana. And me too. Because. That's your chance to get a win in conference. That's the one. Yeah, that's the biggest chance. Right. Scariest there. game is Temple because if you lose that game and you are now one and two, with your only win being a twenty-one to thirteen win over the Wagner Seahawks. My scariest game is Indiana because if you don't win that game, you're probably not winning a conference game. Curb stop, obviously, the Wagner Seahawks. Wagner Seahawks. I think they can take down the Wagner Seahawks. Yeah, I'm but expecting of, big things. Of all the things we're saying here, don't get too discouraged, Rutgers fans. No, I no, think it is just part of the it's part of the Shiano story. It's part of the process. When you ch- the whole thing about chopping, 
is you That's don't knock right. the tree down the first time. No, you, you never you knock chop. it down. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes you hit a a knot. Yeah, you hit those the knots, like, and then you can't get through the knot. Like this is the knot. Yeah, you got a knot here. Over under is four. I, I'm under. under. I hope it's better than what we see here, Rutgers fans. But I do too. It does not look great. All right, man. Anything else? But you know, it does does look great. You. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, this beer looks pretty good. Pilsner. Tell. The quintessential Pilsner. Uh-huh. Pilsner Urquell. It is. It's been the best Pilsner for. Well, that's like one of the oldest. No, it is the oldest. Beer I manufacturers believe. in the world. Oh, yes, I believe so. But I think this is the original Pilsner, isn't it? I think well, it so. says 1842, but. They weren't making a lot of pilsners and lagers back then. They were making ales. The problem is they they don't even make enough pilsners today in the year 2020. Not anymore. Not anymore. They did. They used yeah, to. Yeah, I guess. Is Miller Light a Technically, it's in the pilsner. pilsner style. I mean, all it, those. It's in the monkey piss pilsner style. Correct. It is, yeah. it is a pilsner. Technically, it is. Pilsners just agree with my uh, non-Greek, some would call it Germanic uh, background. Pilsners just taste good to me. I tell you what, never would have guessed it a few years ago, but I'm a Pilsner guy now. Oh, you you haven't been a Pilsner guy for quite some time. I just assumed that was I was the case. always an ale guy. I was always, uh, you know, I was an IPA guy. I loved Surly Furious. That was my yeah. go-to. I don't drink it anymore. I drink Pilsners. The, the most furious thing about that is how I felt the next morning when I yes. woke up. Which is not just to surly people it's to all ipas which is still a thing to me my sinuses are always surly after i drink a bunch of ipas i am jeffrey the greek i am big kurt this has been the eyes on big podcast we'll talk to you soon